There we go, that feels better. Something just broke this morning, which is good, right? Build to Reach Sunday. You guys can grab your seats. You guys can grab your seats too. Thanks, team. We'll get our team back to lead us in worship again at the end of our meeting. Build to Reach Sunday. Such an incredible day in the life of our church. A day where we... I like to think back on these days to why we're in the position we're in. Because we're not just here because Pastor Bruce and Julie answered the call to come and follow Jesus and to start a church. We are here because of that reason, but it's not just because of that. We're here because there's a whole bunch of people that are along the journey over the last, what are we, 27 years? Is that right? I always get confused. What are we coming up to? 28th birthday, right? So 27 years. Over the last 27 years, a whole bunch of people that have sacrificially given into the life of this church. Some are still here. Some have moved on for various reasons. But, but over that journey, 27 years of Build to Reach offerings, 27 years of Next Generations offerings, 27 years of building funds, of vision builders, of all sorts of, there's been different badges and names, but, but it's Build to Reach. I shared last week, I love the fact that it's, it's building the local church so that we can go and reach our community, so that we can go and reach the nations. There's some photos that are going to scroll up behind me as, as I'm preaching this morning, just to encourage you about some of the things that, we're, that we use this money for, some of the areas that, that we reach into because we build this local church. We had a gathering here last night with some of our key leaders and as we were praying together as a, as a team about today and, and about where we're going as a church and I remember just started to think as we were praying about the, the journey of moving into this building. And as I was looking up here above where the screen is now, I remember there's this big pillar. So we've got these little what are they, bulkheads, is that what they're called? Things in there right through our ugly pillars that obstruct views and everything and and then there's there's big eye beams that run the whole way across to hold the second story up so it doesn't collapse on us and uh and then there's one just above the tv there that got removed figured them use those if a building collapses on them it doesn't matter we can replace them there no that's no that wasn't (laughs) But there was, there was this massive big eye beam that spanned between the pillars the whole way across. And I remember it was a um, logistical, well, not logistical nightmare. I was, let me think, 2004. How old was I? I was 20. So I was very, um, wasn't very strong as a 20-year-old. So I didn't carry much of the weight of that beam. Um, also was just a, sorry? I was able-bodied, I just wasn't, just wasn't very strong. I was probably more able-bodied as a 20-year-old than I am now, but certainly wasn't strong. And, uh, but I, what I remember is that we had scaffolding set up, we had ladders set up, and then 
at the right time, the bolts were undone. The nuts were taken off and this I-beam was lowered down so that we could do what we needed to do with the building. It was a safety issue. Apparently that beam there is why we, I confirmed with Pastor Bruce after last night and uh, I'm not sure, was anybody here that helped do that? Paul Sampson? Nobody else at the Key Leaders Gathering last night could remember it. I started to doubt myself, but Paul Sampson was here. How much of that beam did you hold the weight of, Paul? Your shoulder still hurts. <laughs> Work cover didn't hear that. But uh, <clears throat> it was a big beam, right? But the thing that I did when I, was, when I was praying and thinking about it was that together we got the job done. And together, the only reason we could get the job done is because we had someone directing us and making sure that we did it in the right steps, the right order, making sure that we had the weight of it in the right places before we undid the bolts, making sure that there was people in the way and out of the way where they needed to be. There was someone directing us. And so you might be sitting here this morning going, oh, but I don't have much to give to build reach. I didn't have much strength to contribute to holding up that beam. But I still helped. Or at least I was in the room at the time. Might have been in the way more so than help. I don't know, but, but at least I was part of the journey. And I was willing, I was keen, I was eager. And so I want to encourage you with everything that I say this morning and share this morning and as we come to bring our Build to Reach offering at the end of the service is get on the front foot. Start to anticipate what could happen by you contributing. Start to, start to dream about, well, what could the future of our church be? And so there's that. The other thing in the, the back of my mind as I'm preaching this morning is had some conversations with the kids and I can't, I'm not even sure which kid it was this morning, but I heard Emma saying, I was in another room, but I heard Emma saying to them that, well, Build the Reach is about the future of the church. And it was kind of a question of, well, do you want the church to still be going when you're an adult? And so let's give in to that. Let's partner together as a church and build something, not just that it lasts for a couple of years and then fizzles out. It's kind of the heart behind why we rebadged this offering, the Next Generation's offering, a number of years ago. It was because we, we went, it's not about now. We don't want this church to just be C3 Church had a great time from 95 to 2025 and then it just fizzled out. No, we want this church to be, to be going, pushing forward, taking ground, building the kingdom of God long into the years to come, the generations to come. And so it doesn't matter how young or old you are, we can all participate in this. Our scripture today as we've been working through Matthew 25 today is the parable of the bags of gold and again it will be like a man going on a journey this is Jesus speaking who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them to one he gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to another one bag each according to his ability I've asked the guys to keep the photos up behind today instead of scriptures so if you're used to reading the scriptures there you'll need to get your own device out and find Matthew 25 14 to 30 
the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one who had two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. So when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even when they have will be taken, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Starts off so promising, right? And then by the end it's like, whoa. Start to get a little I don't want to be don't want to be that last servant. But what I I love about this parable is that, that there's hope for each one of us if we're willing to do the work. There's hope for each one of us if we're willing to give. There's hope for each one of us if we're willing to sacrifice. There's hope for each one of us if we're willing to put in. As I shared last week, to bring it so that God can do what God can do. I love hearing... Mary and Rachel's testimony this morning about just, just their willingness to give, but it started not in that place. But on a journey, they discovered God's good, goodness. They discovered God's faithfulness. I remember we one year, again, I, I don't remember what the offering was, but I remember we emptied it. It certainly wasn't a large figure but it was everything that we had in our savings account at the time and uh, it was a daunting step to take to go you know what we're just going to put it all in and trust God you know in the back of my head I kind of had this thing of we're gonna we're gonna put in this and then then God's just gonna bless us and we're gonna step around the corner and somebody's just gonna go oh here's a thousand dollars Oh, here's, here's this, and oh, here's that, and, and we're just going to get this miraculous provision 
like manna falling from heaven, that people are just going to give us the money that we just gave because we've been faithful to God. I was a little bit wrong. Because it didn't come in that form. But our testimony is, and we've shared it over and over and over again, is that as we've given, we've not gone without. God has always come through somehow. And I don't know about you, but I need God to come through again this morning. Because we continue to put it out there, which means there continues to be a void for God to fill. And so there's this momentum, there's this, what's it called? I don't know what it is. It's like this ongoing we give, God fills. We give, God fills. <clears throat> the provision of God continues to come in our lives. So the parable that we've read <clears throat> is about stewardship. It's what we do with our resources that belong to someone else. So if you've been around church for long enough, you We'll have heard tithe messages and other messages about we don't actually, it's not ours, right? The money is not ours. We don't take it with us when we go. It's God's provision in our lives. And so there's this, there's this deal of stewardship. And so there's no scope in this story to view what the servants have, what they've been given or what they've got as theirs. They've been given five two and one. I've been given it. I've been given my paycheck. This is really helpful for me to understand when I'm looking at money to not go, oh, look at me. I've got this. What am I going to do with it? But to go, look at me. I've been entrusted with this resource. I've been entrusted with this paycheck. What am I going to do with it? And that shift in my head is something that I, I just continue to go back to because if I don't, then it's a quick spiral down. And so do I have the relationship, uh, the relationship? Do I have the revelation of who owns what in my world? Do, do we have the revelation? Do you have the revelation this morning that my paycheck is not my paycheck? Because right, that's, that's a big struggle with money. <clears throat> Is it, well, it's mine. How dare you ask me to give it? What are you thinking? How do you think you can ask that? How do you do that? It's like, well, hang on. If it's, if it's not mine, then it's not an issue. And so have you got that revelation of who owns what? Have you got the, the revelation about your gifts? about your talents, about your health, about your personality, to understand that, well, hang on, I've been given this gift. I could use it to do this. I could use it to do that. I could use it to serve the Lord. I remember the story, Ryan Smith, music director at C3 Oxford Falls for many a years. <clears throat> But a number of times he, he came and visited us in this church while we were and worked with our music team. And I remember him sharing, I can't remember if it was just with me or whether it was with the whole team. I think it was with the whole team. But it was this, him sharing that well, he had the choice to make early days in his musical career of I can go and join this band and I can travel and I can make 
money and I can live the life of a rock star or I can choose to serve the Lord. And he chose to serve the Lord and out of that saw thousands of people just come in to a relationship with God, get connected to the church as he led the worship team. And the lifestyles, probably polar opposites, but he had the choice. He could have very easily chosen to go down that road, but he didn't. He went and said, where, have, where, have we, where are you at? With the revelation of who's, who's given me this gift. And that was kind of Ryan's wrestle was, well, God's given it to me, so I'm going to give it back to him. I'm going to sow it into his kingdom and see people's lives transformed. In this story, each person, each servant was given a different amount according to their ability. According to their ability. Story affirms that we're, we're all starting from different positions. See, one started with five, one started with two, one started with one. We don't, it's not equal. Right, we were looking around this room and some of us are on that amount, some of us are on that amount, some of us are on that amount when it comes to paychecks. Some of us have got this much talent, some of us got that much, some of us are just shower singers, some of us are walking around the house singers, some of us are BV singers, some of us are, we can stand in front of thousands of people and solo and sing and people go, wow. Some of us that are shower singers think that we're a solo singer in front of thousands of people. Some of us who could be solo singers in front of thousands of people stay in the shower and never progress. Wherever we're at on that journey, my prayer is that this morning we get the revelation that, hang on, it's not about me, it's about him. Hang on, it's not about what I can do, it's about what he can do. And so let's stop looking at what we've got and start looking at what we can give. Let's stop looking at our own little sphere. You know, when you're in the shower, the world seems pretty, pretty cruisy, right? But when we're out there standing in front of thousands of people, it can be a little daunting. And so where are we at with our reality check? Where are we at with, with what we've got? And the last one here is, do I have preconceived ideas? Do I have preconceived ideas about God, his character, what he's going to do? See, our third, our third servant had preconceived ideas. Thought, well, if I, if I go and put this money to work and I accidentally lose it, or what if I, if I put this money to work and it doesn't come through? And then, well, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And then how do I face back up to my master? The preconceived ideas are almost always wrong. It's the master's response you could have at least put it in the bank and got me a little bit of interest.
preconceived ideas is on the flip side is where I went in that offering when we gave everything thinking, oh, God's going to bless me. And it's just going to be, Trent's going to give me $10,000 because I just put in $10. It's like, that's how God works, right? And so, so it's like, I'll put it in here and then I'll just go and have a coffee with Trent and I'll just, just wait for him to, to come on, just cough it up. But am I relying on am I relying on God or am I relying on my own ideas? Am I relying on what my thoughts are about what's happening? And so as we give today our build to reach offering, you have envelopes on our seats this morning that you can fill out and we're gonna bring them forward in, in just a few moments. But I want to encourage you this morning, as, as I did last week about the Samaritan, woman, uh, the Samaritan woman, the widow who brought just a, a few small copper coins. And Jesus saw her heart. I want to encourage you this morning, it is so not about what you give. It's about what's going on in here as you give. See, we've given, we've given more than we can give this year. When we were dinks, we could give generously. We could bring, anyone know what, everyone knows what dinks are, right? Double income, no kids. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah, it's you. You. <laughs> One income, oh, the old study. Half an income, no kids. What's that? But, <clears throat> but it's like when we, were, when we were in that phase of life, we could give a lump sum up front because life was cruisy. Right? We didn't have kids. We didn't have to worry. We just had a mortgage and that was that. We might probably even just renting. It was like saving for a mortgage. It's like it, was, it was easy to do that. Then fast forward 10, 15 years and four kids and having... Money to put in a lump sum is a little bit more challenging. And so for us now, we've, we've transferred from giving a lump sum to going, all right, we're going to give on a month-by-month -month basis because it's easier for us to budget. We could save it all up and do a lump sum. Don't. But what we're saying is there's this envelope. We're trying to make it as easy as possible for people to do what you need to do. But my heart is and our heart is, is let's do something. If you can give just a little bit. I've got Riley's here. He's not in the room, so I'll talk about him. Riley's, Riley's thought about it. And he's gone, you know what? I can give this much. And say so he's got his coins in his build to reach envelope here that I'm holding. His heart is, I want to build something just a couple of little copper coins. They're not made out of copper anymore, but just a couple of coins. But you know what? That, those couple, these couple of copper coins could be worth more than a couple of yellow notes or green notes or the push of a button on a transfer. 
And so I want to pray and I'm believing that our heart this morning, that we would check our heart. Some questions here to get us thinking that about what we bring and how we bring it. Am I putting what God has given me to good use? Is there, an ev- is there evidence of a return or me making more? Or am I just hiding what I've got in the ground? Have I borrowed resources that need to be repaid? And how is that going? The same work ethic that is required to make a return or to reduce debt. What am I focused on? What are we focused on this morning? And that could be so different for every person in the room. Some of us are focused on reducing debt. Some of us are focused on making a return. Some of us are, are dinks and we're in there, just that sweet spot of, you know what? Life's good. Life's cruisy. Got more money than I know what to do with. I can just go and buy that and buy that and do this. Yeah, it's all good. That's a great spot to live in. Have kids. It'll change pretty quick. But whatever we do, let's make sure we're on the front foot. Whatever we do, let's make sure we're engaged. Whatever we do, let's hear the voice of God in our giving. This is reading straight from Pastor Bruce's written down this morning, one of the great dimensions of a local church is its ability to connect each of us with fruitfulness for the kingdom that none of us would achieve on our own. So we've got these photos up behind us that have been scrolling through. There's half a dozen of us in this room that have been to the Czech Republic. Not everybody can get to the Czech Republic. It's, It's a long way away. We were fortunate enough to go before kids. Wouldn't dream of taking four kids on those flights these days, but we'll let Nana and Pa do that. And uh, they can take them over there. That'll be good. (laughs) But we we can't achieve that by ourselves without actually going to some of the places our church has had significant influence. That is other than C3 churches in Australia and overseas, in Europe and Canada and Fiji. That fruit, uh, that is the fruit, that is fruit, that is the result of our build to reach and our regular tithes and offerings. This is Pastor Bruce. This year, I feel we are called to knuckle down again with C3 Australia support, re-establish our connections in the European churches and continue our great work in Fiji. Locally, we continue to support school chaplains and various areas of need as they arise. All possible because we give to build to reach. And as came out in the email a number of weeks ago, We also need a budget for a capital maintenance program with this building, which as the place we meet with God and is hence the primary source of fruitfulness in our lives. And so there's some some things that we're needing to give to. 
to see lives transformed in Fiji, to see lives transformed in Czech Republic, to see lives transformed in the Adelaide Hills. We can do that because we bring our tithes, we bring our offerings, but then we bring above and beyond, we bring our bill to reach each year. And so I think I can hear some kids. Is that kids coming, Lachlan? They can, as they come in and rejoin us. The noise level will go back up, but that's a good thing, right? So I think just pausing for a moment and praying with our kids present is so important. So kids, now that you're with your parents, with your families, why don't we just close our eyes? Father, I thank you this morning for our church. God, I thank you, Father, for the years of sacrifice that have been poured into this place. God, the years of sacrificial giving that people have have brought their offerings to you. God, and through that have enabled us to impact hundreds of thousands of people's lives through the Handolf Chris Kindle Mark. Through that have enabled us to, to build homes for families in Fiji, providing a safe place for them to live and to build their families. God, through that sacrifice, we've been able to connect with and mentor leaders right around the world, right around this country, as we send our senior ministers to go and oversee, to go and equip, to go and empower, to go and not just leaders, but but boards, families, to run men's and women's ministries and gatherings right around the world. God, we're grateful this morning that we can support our local school chaplains as they're on the front line in our schools. God, just daily connecting with the next generation, daily connecting with parents, daily connecting with, encouraging our teachers. God, we're grateful. God, I'm grateful that we can, because of the generosity of this church, we can continue to do that into the future. And Father, this morning, as as we announced last week as part of this, we're we're believing that debt is going to be busted in people's worlds. God, as they bring 
their envelopes forward. Father, we thank You. God, that as people bring an offering to You, God, as they give to You, God, that we would see debt broken off people's lives. God, that we would hear phenomenal testimonies in the days, weeks, months ahead. Father, we thank you that together we can build this incredible local church. God, and together we can reach our community and the communities beyond. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to bring our offerings, church. Logistically, the way we're going to do this, we've got a bucket that's going to be in the middle down the front here. I'd love you to come down the middle aisle, give your offering. Pastor Julie, Pastor Emma, myself will be out the front here. We'd love to pray with you as you give. If you've got a a debt written down, remember to keep that for yourself. That's not for us. We don't want to. We don't need to see that. That's between you and God. But I would encourage you, if, if you don't know the actual number, is just write what the debt is. Credit card. This, that, whatever it is. It's like write down the debt on a piece of paper, on your phone, whatever it is, and bring that forward. And we're going to pray with you this morning as a family, whatever that looks like for you. Pray God's blessing on you as you give sacrificially this morning into our build to reach and pray that debt will be broken off of your life in the mighty name of Jesus.